Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you have started on your Christmas shopping already? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord this morning in the church. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk just for a few minutes um, this morning as we finish out. We've been on a three-part series on talking about the uh, reaping uh, the harvest field. Um, and so what is that? What is that? Sometimes we as Christians think that people that come in, it's not been in church very long, they don't understand some sometimes our Christianese type of talking and they really don't understand sometimes what maybe reaping a harvest is or what, what all that means. So this morning before I get in really get into the message, I want to explain when you're talking about reaping the harvest for the body of Christ, you're talking about winning lost souls to the Lord Jesus Christ, ones that are been on maybe drugs or, or alcohol or uh, addicted to different things or they might be a good person but they just don't know uh, Jesus Christ as their Savior and uh, Lord. And so that's what we mean about reaping the harvest. And how many of you know that the harvest field is ripe unto harvest, the Bible says. A lot of, I was talking to our uh, Sunday school teacher this morning and all you have to do is just turn around anywhere and you find people that are suffering and people that are, are hurting uh, today. You don't have to go very far to find someone that just needs a hand uh, to say that you love them or you care about the situation that they may be going through. Maybe it's a teenager or an elderly person or a middle aged or uh, a young, young adult uh, that they just need someone to tell them that God loves them and that you love them and that you care for them. And so we're living in such a, such a state and such an age that people all over the world is hurting. And I believe we live in the greatest hour of the opportunity of the church to win people to Christ. Can you say amen? How many of you, like me, you have loved ones that need the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior? You have friends. You, you have family that need the Lord Jesus Christ as their, their Savior. And I believe we live in that greatest hour. So this morning, I want to talk about just for a few minutes, I desire to reap the harvest. They desire to reap the harvest. In our uh, prayer meeting on Tuesday, we really felt like after prayer that the Spirit of the Lord was speaking to us that a lot of people have lost their desire. They've lost their desire, even Christians, they've lost their desire to, to pray. They've lost their desire to uh, fast. They've lost their desire to read their Bible. They've lost their desire to go to church. They lost their desire, especially what I'm talking about this morning, to reap the harvest. I believe one of the greatest things that we need to get back in our life is the desire to serve God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? Uh, Jesus mentioned in, well, the Luke writer of Luke in 10, chapter 10 and verse 2, he says the same thing he told them. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. 
What the scripture is vain to you and I is people are not in the harvest field working as Christians as we need to be. Few are working in the field. I believe we're living in the greatest hour and the greatest opportunity of the hour of the church to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest hour for you and I to believe to to win our loved ones to Christ and people that don't know Christ, we're living in that greatest hour. The harvest crops go through three stages, green, ripe, and rotten. Harvest is effective only at one stage. If we prematurely harvest the fruit before it is ripe, we run the risk of ruining the fruit. However, if we wait too long to harvest the fruit, it rots. The Bible teaches us time is running out. It's time is running out. Church, I believe that time is running out for you and I. We're living in the last hour, I believe, before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said before his coming, there was going to be chaotic times. Jesus said before his coming that there were going to be times of war and rumors of war. The Bible says before his coming uh, that there will be uh, daughter against mother and there will be son against father and brothers against sisters, sisters against brothers. He just was making a metaphor that in the last days there was going to be chaos in people's families. You know, I heard an amen there. There were going to be things in people's families that are going on and, and the world is just turning and moving rapidly and, and things are at a high pace. You know, I've never heard of so many policemen getting shot. I've never heard of people, so many people going into schools. Tina said she just heard on the news uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday that somebody went in a mosque and uh, put off a bomb, and then as the other people were scattered coming out, they had people lined up shooting those people going out of the mosque. I mean, there's just chaos everywhere, which means that we're, the Bible teaches that we're on the brink, church, of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now we have this great opportunity to win our family to God. We have this great opportunity to win our friends and our co-workers to Christ. Jesus said before his great coming that the time is going to be short. People are dying lost by the minute. People are addicted by the millions and people are suffering by the millions. Jesus stood bold and proclaimed in John chapter 4 in verse 34 through 36. He said, my food, meaning my responsibility, Jesus is saying, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say unto you to lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white unto harvest. Jesus is saying the fields are white unto harvest right now and we have so many people even in our church houses they they expect the pastor or the 
pastor's wife or the, the deacons or just the leaders to, to be in the harvest field. But church, it's all of our responsibility. It's every one of us. It's our responsibility that if you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, it's your responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ. Somebody told you about Jesus Christ. Somebody took the time to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. And as I said a couple weeks ago, we need to just slow down and ask God, God, who are you speaking to me about to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ? It's time for all of us to work in the field because all of us are going to be accountable. Because you know what, church? Hell is still real. Come on. Hell is still real. And the enemy is stealing and he's killing and he is destroying everything in people's lives. For the Bible says the devil comes, the enemy comes, to steal and to kill and to destroy. And how many of you can testify to say the enemy is doing everything he can to try to steal and kill and take things out of your life today? He's doing everything to bring chaotic things in your life, whether it's your family or on your job or in your health because the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And because hell is real and the enemy is stealing and killing and destroying right now, let's be a person who is growing in the cares for others. We need to care for others like never before. Others are lost. Others are helpless. Others are addicted. Others are in false religions. Others are being abused. Others are abusing. Others are feel, uh, fearful and depressed and afflicted and in divorce. And others are crying out without literally crying out with their mouth. They're crying out with their heart. Help me. I need help. I need help. The Harvest Church is a big deal to Jesus. The harvest is a big deal to Jesus. Reaching out is a big deal to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34, Jesus takes this opportunity in Matthew. And he uses two examples of livestock. He uses the examples of sheep. And he uses the examples of goats. And he uses this metaphor, and listen to, what, listen to what he says in verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as the sheep separates as the, excuse me, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say unto those on his right hand, Come, 
Prepare for you from the foundation of the world. He says, you, the, then the king will say, excuse me, to those on his right hand, come, you are blessed of my father. And listen to what he says. Inherit the kingdom of God. Prepare for you for the foundation of the world. The big question is, why did he say, and you are going to inherit the kingdom of God? Why did he say that? Listen to what he says in verse 33. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came to me. Jesus said that you are going to inherit the kingdom of God because you fulfilled my great command to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to give and care for the hurting and the suffering and the dying and the ones that need clothing, the ones that need fed, and the ones that are in prison. He said, you're going to inherit the kingdom of God because you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior and because you have obeyed my command. And Jesus modeled that. I want to go to, to uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 20. And this is a glorious story. I love this story about Elijah and Elisha in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 21. So Elijah went from there and he found Elisha. And Elijah was in the field. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He himself was driving the 12 pair. Elijah went up to him and he threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. And he said, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I'll come with you. Where do we find Elijah? Shah, when Elijah threw his cloak or his mantle around him. Where do we find Elisha? Not a trick question. Where do we find him? Where's the Bible? The text tells us where do we find Elisha? We find him working out in the field, which is a, for you and I as Christians, in the New Testament church, it's a metaphor of the harvest field. So we find Elisha out in the field working when Elijah comes up. And this is what he says in verse 19. He was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the pair. We find Elisha, listen, out in the field pushing the plow. Tilling the ground and sowing the seed, getting ready to harvest the field. When the mantle of the Holy Spirit fell upon Elisha, we find Elisha out in the field, listen, pushing the plow, tilling the ground, planting the seed. He was in the field, he was out in the harvest field. 
pushing the plow, tilling the ground, planting the seed, pushing the plow, tilling the ground, and planting the seed, and then reaping the harvest. Church, let's not give up. I want to say to you this morning, I don't know what you're facing, and I don't know what you're going through, and, and, and I don't know what is in your life this morning as you look at your life and, and, and the situation in your life. Maybe it's a, a, a marriage. Maybe it's a situation at work. Maybe it's a, a health issue in your life. But I, I want to tell you this morning, don't give up. Don't give up. Per, keep persevering. I wrote down because when your blessings will come in your persevering, your anointing will arrive in your persevering. Have a desire in you to persevere. The anointing falls on those who persevere. The mantle falls on those who doesn't quit. The Spirit of God comes and works in people's lives that keep persevering and keep fighting the fight of faith and keep having the desire to go on and keep pushing through. You keep pushing through. You keep believing in God and you keep believing in yourself. You keep believing in God and you keep believing in yourself. And you keep pushing the plow. You keep tilling the ground. You keep planting the seed. And you keep pushing the plow and you keep tilling the ground and you keep planting the seed. Come on, let's say it together. You keep pushing the plow. You keep tilling the ground and you keep planting the seed and your harvest's going to come. Your healing's going to come. Your marriage is going to get better. Your family is coming back together. Your wayward child is coming to Christ. If you don't give up, if you keep pushing the plow, tilling the ground and planting the seed, your harvest is coming. You cannot give up. You're too, can I tell you this morning, you're too close to your miracle to, to throw in the towel. Come on. You're too close to your healing, to give up. You're too close to seeing your family come to Christ to just throw in the towel and quit. You're too close for somebody for that next promotion on your job if you'll keep pushing the plow, tilling the ground, planting the seed. Your harvest is coming. Your miracle is it's coming. But you got to keep persevering and not giving up. The next promotion is coming. Your next miracle is right around the corner. But you got to keep pushing the plow and tilling the ground and planting the seed. And your harvest is coming. Throw that next slide up on on there for me, please. I like this. If you push the plow, you will be in promotion for the mantle. Oh, my Lord, that's good. If you push the plow, you're going to be in promotion for the mantle. We want the mantle, but we don't want to push the plow. Come on. We want the anointing to fall but we don't want to harvest 
the field. We want the blessings of God, and we want Ernie, we want the power of God, and we want all the inheritance that God has, and we want a harvest in our life, and we want God to work things in our life, but we are struggling with, say with me, pushing the plow, tilling the ground, and planting the seed. We don't want to work. We don't want to get out in the harvest field and push the plow and till the ground and get down and plant the seed. We want the mantle to fall on us without pushing the plow, tilling the ground, and planting the seed. But how many of you want the mantle? See, what does the mantle represent? What does it represent? It, ran, it represents a transfer. A transfer. So Elijah had did mighty miracles for God. Mighty miracles. God had used him in a mighty, mighty way. So Elijah is getting ready to die. And Elijah has to hand over that anointing. Come on, church. He has, to handle, he has to hand over and transfer that anointing in the Old Testament to someone else. How many want the power and presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to fall upon your life? Come on, how many want that? How many like me, you need that? How many of you need that? How many of you need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? How many need that? How many of you need that in your life? Where do we find Elisha? We find him pushing the plow, riding behind 12 old stinking oxen. Now, let your nose... Smell 12 stinking oxen all day long. How many would sign up for that job this morning? How many of you know sometimes it gets tiring out in the harvest field telling the same person you told last week about the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of you get tired sometimes of witnessing? How many of you saying, you know what? I done witnessed to that old bum of my brother or that old bum of person that I work with. How many times have I dealt with them? They're in the biggest stinking mess I've ever seen in all my life. Come on. And how many of you have helped them? Try to get out of that mess, and they're back in it again. Well, come on, come on. You have tried to help them get out of that mess, and they're back in the same stinking mess they were to start with. But you got to keep, say it with me, pushing the plow, tilling the ground, Planting the seed. Let's say it again. You got to push the plow till the ground. I got to plant the seed again. 
oh, Lord Jesus. I've done talk to them over and over about that. Let's go back again. I got to push the plow, till the ground, and plant the seed. How many of you get tired pushing the plow, tilling the ground, and planting the seed? But there is a lot of lost, hurting people out there. They feel like they have no hope. And one of these days, you're going to be, let's say it one more time. One of these days, you're going to be pushing the plow. Oh, I feel the anointing. You're going to be, one of these days, you're going to be pushing the plow. You're going to be tilling the ground. And you're going to be planting the seed. One of these days, you're going to be pushing the plow, tilling the ground, and you're going to plant that seed into the one that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. You're going to be, you're going to say, oh, here I, here I go again. Here I got to go. I got to push the plow, and I got to till the ground, and that ground is hard. How many of you know some people has got a hard heart? They got a hard heart. I mean, you have you've tried your best to plant the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart, but you're gonna have to go back again and you're gonna have to, in this community, we're gonna have to push the plow, till the ground, and plant the seed. And one of these days that when we're pushing the plow and tilling the ground and planting the seed, the Lord Jesus Christ is gonna take that mantle of the Holy Spirit and it's gonna throw that mantle of on you and you're going to walk out with your deliverance. You're going to walk out with your healing. You're going to walk out with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life. Why? Because you persevered and God said they pushed the plow, they tilled the ground and they planted the seed and I'm bringing them a harvest and I'm going to drop the anointing of the mantle of the Holy Spirit on their life. Do you know Elisha did a double of what Elijah did when you study the history of Elijah and Elisha? You see, Elisha did double the miracles and power that God used him after the mantle of double portion fell upon his life. We want the mantle, but do we want to push the plow? How many of you want the mantle? Then we're going to have to do what? Push the plow, till the ground, and plant the seed. I want to close with this. In this basket, I have sweet potato. Somebody must have had that. I heard somebody. Must, somebody must have had that for Thanksgiving. I have... Corn, I have an apple, I have another apple, I have more corn, and I have another apple, and I have a couple more apples, and I have another ear of corn. Does any of these look 
exactly the same. Here's the thing. When I stand before God, I am not going to stand before God of how many sermons I preached. That's not going in the basket. It's not going to go in the basket of I did this or I did that or I did that. What is going to, God is going to look at is, did I till the ground? Did I push the plow, till the ground, and plant the seed and get a harvest? Because every one of us, listen church, every one of us, when we stand before the Lord, is going to give an account of our harvest. Tina cannot give an account for your harvest. I cannot give an account for your harvest. Every one of us are going to be responsible for our harvest. Some of the harvest looks many different ways. One might be someone that was on drugs. Might be in a family was going through a divorce and you helped them and they gave their life to Christ. One might be a wayward teenager that found the Lord. One, you can just keep, just keep talking about the harvest field because it all looks different to every one of us. But we will be accountable for our harvest. The Lord needs every one of us out in the harvest field. Every one of us need to be working in the harvest field. I want Tina to come this morning, and we're going to make a declaration through this song that they're going to sing. And I want us to stand and I want us to sing this song together because it reminds you and I, it reminds you of I, you and I, just, could you hold on just one second? I, I've never done this in 11 years preaching in my life. Hey, boys, boys in the back, you guys have interrupted this service all service long. I love you guys with all my heart. But they have been in and out of this church all service long with you boys. This pastor loves you with all his heart, but you will not interrupt this service. Do you men understand? Do you understand, men? Do you understand? Now I want you to be quiet the rest of the service, okay? Thank you. I want us all to sing this. Church, I try to do that with most reverence, but they cannot come in every Sunday and be interrupting the service. Amen. Come on. They need our prayers, though. They need our prayers. Okay? They need our prayers. Let's sing this together as a declaration together. Praise the Lord. peace and contentment in the Father's house. Oh, hallelujah. Today. 
Father, as we close the service this morning, we're asking you, Lord, as we go out through our week, Lord, we're asking you, the Lord, you will continually, God, bring people in our path that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Father, I'm asking you to put more of a, a desire and more of a hunger and more of a thirst in our life to reach out, God, to the ones that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And God, we believe that we're living in the greatest opportunity of the church to win the loss to Christ. And we thank you, God, for the mantle of reaping the harvest that is about to fall upon each one of our lives and upon this church. 
And Father, we pray through your spirit and your power, God, that today, as we go out through our day, that God, that you will continually prick our heart and remind us, Lord, of what we're here for. And Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we love you, and we know that the mantle, if we'll keep tilling the ground, and planting the seed, and persevering, that God, you're going to do things in our life. Father, we thank you. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. God bless you. You have a wonderful weekend.